All right, before I get to my next guest, Terry Hashimoto, I want to give a shout-out to a few of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? I'll tell you what, let me reset your thinking, because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented square toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour, an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent tests prove it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z.com and get Squares 30-day money-back guarantee. Use promo code DISTANCE for $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. And folks, I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't experience it for myself. I've never felt more stable in my golf swing, which allows me to swing faster and launch it further. Squares, the distance golf shoe. I also want to give a shout out to another new sponsor, Bionic Gloves. Do what you do better with Bionic Gloves. Whether you're looking to own the golf greens, improve your workouts, or get your hands dirty in the garden, Bionic Gloves has you covered. Designed with a hand specialist, Bionic Gloves feature patented innovations that help improve your grip. The strategically placed anatomical relief pads also prevent calluses and blisters while the web and motion zones allow for greater dexterity and flexibility. Head over to BionicLoves.com to find the perfect love to up your game. And I want to remind you about our friends over at Zexio. In 2001, Zexio Strixon began making clubs for men and women, and they've improved on those clubs every year since. Every part of Zexio clubs are made exclusively for Zexio. Everything is light and balanced. Swing weights are made to give us the highest smash factors. And the best part of getting fit for Zexio Clubs is hitting it higher and straighter than ever before, changing your game. Zexio Clubs are a Golf Digest Hot List Gold winner for 2021. Congratulations to Zexio Ambassador MB Park for her five-stroke victory earlier this year at the Kia Classic. It was her 21st victory, and she did so using Zexio 11 Woods and 10 Irons. See how Zexio can help your game as well. Go online to ZexioUSA.com and pick which set is right for you. All right, now next on the tee with me is Terry Hashimoto. Terry is the co-developer and founder of Swing Balance and Body Track Golf, which is what most golf club fitting companies and instructors use when you go get fit or you're taking a lesson. Tom Patry has it in his studio. Terry is originally from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He was named Manitoba Amateur Golfer of the Year three times and was a finalist five more times from 1976 to 1998. In 98, he won Manitoba's Provincial Amateur, Mid-Amateur, and Match Play titles. He was named Golfer of the Year in 1976, 1980, and 1998. In the years he didn't win, he was still a finalist every year from 1978 to 1985. He was also a nominee for Manitoba's Athlete of the Year in 1998 in recognition of winning all three amateur major titles. Played his college golf at the University of Miami on a scholarship, and he won seven college tournaments. He was low amateur in the Pan Am Open Tournament and served as team captain of both the junior and senior teams at Miami. Terry earned his degree in finance. At age 17, he placed seventh in the Junior Orange Bowl Tournament in 1975. He became a PGA professional in 1986 and was club pro at Bell Acres Golf and Country Club. He played on the Canadian Tour from 1986 to 1998 and finished 8th in the Canadian PGA Championship in 1986 and finished 17th on the Order of Merit in 1988. 
Terry was inducted into the Manitoba Golf Hall of Fame in September of 2010. He's also working with our friends over at Squares Golf, and he's one of the most sought-after people in the golf industry, and I'm very honored to have him with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Terry, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris, I'm embarrassed. Thank you very much for that uh, that dialogue. I appreciate it. Absolutely, my friend. You got a heck of a career. I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, take me all the way back to the beginning, Terry. How did you uh, first fall in love with a game of golf? Well, you know, it's, uh, we had nothing to do in the winter. My dad was 40, my mom was about 30, and I was just a little boy. And uh, he said, well, he woke up one day and said, we're going to do something as a family. And we took winter golf lessons when winter golf lessons weren't uh, weren't in vogue. And uh, that's how we learned. And we became, it was a family thing at first. And then, you know, I I took a liking to it, and I became adequate at it, I guess, as Bob Kosky would tell me to say. And uh, one thing led to another. I was competitive, and luckily enough, I was able to get a scholarship at the University of Miami. And by the way, I want to wish Jane and her friends, uh, her colleagues, all the best. Cindy Miller was a, um, a University of Miami graduate, and she's very active in that uh, legend tour section as well. So Miami had a great women's golf team, and I wish all the ladies the very best in uh, in making their legend tour a, a huge success. And Terry, you know, Cindy Miller is a great friend of the show, and she was there, right? The time when you were at Miami, she was helping them win national championship on the on the women's side, right? Didn't you guys cross over well, is, uh, your time at Miami? Oh, yeah, I know Cindy quite well. Uh, I know Alan, her husband, Alan Miller, and uh, Patty Rizzo, uh, Kathy Morris, uh, Debbie Hoffman, if she's listening. Uh, this, oh, Miami has such a great team. It was uh, for women. I used to play. My coach used to let me go play with the ladies once in a while, and they'd uh, Patty Rizzo and the, and the girls would regularly kick my ass, and I'd lose some money to them. But uh, <laughs> uh, we, I loved gambling with them, and I loved uh, the U. Uh, we had a great experience there. And uh, to all my friends in New York, a big hello, Johnny Van Halla from Houston. We we love you guys down there, and uh, we hope everybody's safe. And Terry, how, do, how does a kid from Winnipeg end up playing his college golf at the University of Miami? Well, I, um, <laughs> well, there wasn't a lot of opportunities back then. So one guy had gotten a golf scholarship. Went to, it was, uh, he finished second in the Canadian Junior, and he was offered a, a scholarship at Indiana. His name is, uh, he's now Dr. Bill Parker, but... Uh, I, when I, since I was 14, I wanted to get away and play golf on a golf scholarship. I don't know why I had that vision or dream, but I did. And, uh, when I finished well at the Orange Bowl, so I, I think I was seventh or eighth, as you mentioned. I can't remember exactly. Um, there was a lot of great players there. Um, and I had three scholarship offers, Duke University, University of Florida, Buster Bishop, and University of Miami. I graduated early, early from school, and my dad said it was $2,000. Uh, you know, when you run out, I'm coming to get you. Uh, but I had the same habits as he did. I like to gamble on the golf course, so I really didn't need any money. I was taking money from Bob Toski was my, was my teacher back then, and Bob would let me pick up the pins at night to hit balls and get free lessons at Hidden Valley on Southwest 56, and I'd gamble every weekend with the old guys. And um, uh, it, it was just an amazing thing uh, to have that opportunity. I'll never forget it. Uh, made some great friends. Play a ton of golf. It was my life. Uh, I really went there to play golf, not to get my degree in finance, although that did help me later on. 
Are you Terry, there? you competed on the you competed on the uh, Canadian tour for a while, and and as I was sort of looking at some of your results and that sort of thing, when I was looking at leaderboards and on those leaderboards, a lot of times was Mo Norman, who's a legend as an instructor. Yeah. We can see his influence, like on Bryson DeChambeau swing that sort. Of thing. Did you get to know Mo over the years? Yes, I knew Mo quite well. Actually, not yeah, he wasn't like uh, you never knew if Mo was your friend, really. But there was a I'd say a lot of people don't know this, but Mo's probably best friend was a guy named Gus Maui. And the guy that I traveled with a lot, Danny Milovic and Kelly Murray. Uh, uh, Kelly Murray was one of Canada's longest hitters. And Danny Mijovic, uh, he went to school in the States, uh, great player, uh, still playing professional golf. Um, but Mo would come over to you. And I played quite a few tournaments as an amateur and a pro with Mo. Uh, I enjoyed my time with him, but I do have one really good most story. So uh, later on in life, I owned a company called Jazz Golf. It took the public in 2000. It was Canada's most successful golf company. And we were at a trade show uh, at the Orlando PGA Show, and uh, Mo saw me there, and he walks into our booth. We, we didn't have a huge booth. It was 40 by 20. Mo started hitting balls, and uh, all of a sudden, people started gathering. In about 15 minutes, most putting on a full seminar, and my partner, Jeff Gideon, and I, we get out of the booth, and all the media were there. And he hit balls for about 50 minutes and answered questions for about another 40 minutes. And Mo uh, came up to me and just said, smiled, just and left. And uh, to me, that was a clear indication. That's the type of guy Mo was. If he liked you, he'd always be thinking of you and do stuff for you. And I'll never forget that story. That's a true story. Wow. And Terry, you, like I say in your intro, you had success at the Canadian PGA in 86. You finished tied for eighth. You finished in the top 20 of the Order of Merit in 1998. Talk about your time playing out on the Canadian Tour. Well, I, I had three golf stores at the time, so I never really played it full time. I guess my uh, I made it to the finals of the PGA Tour twice. I shot eight under at uh, the year Dick Mass made set the all-time PGA Tour stool. Record, I think he shot, uh, I forgot, I think it was nearly 20 under. I was eight under and I missed by, uh, two. Um, but every, it, it was a little challenging because the, the finals were always in the dead of winter and I'd have to go back home and run my stores. I'm not making excuses. It wasn't meant to be. I wasn't good enough, but, uh, I do have one claim to fame though, Chris. Um, I did qualify, uh, as an amateur to play in the Jackie Gleason Invitational and I made the cut and then, a guy named Danny Halderson, as some people uh, may remember, he was a uh, Canadian that he uh, lived his last, last part of his life in Chicago. A great player. I won a couple times on the tour, but he said, put your name in the book, Terry. I put my name in the book, and they gave me an exemption to go play at Doral. And that's where I met Mike Adams later on. But uh, uh, later on, Nathaniel Crosby told me, he said, you've got, a, you've got one, you're in the Hall of Fame, Hash. He said, what for he says, you were the last amateur to ever be given an exemption to play another PGA Tour event because some of the pros didn't like it and they stopped doing it after that. So, um, but I, on the Canadian Tour, you know, I played it sporadically. I played it, uh, it was, it was a good tour. Uh, a lot of great players, uh, on the U.S. Tour, uh, played it to get their, you know, get their, I forgot what the proper expression is, but just to get experience. Um, kind of, uh, it, it was kind of pre-Nike Tour. You know, and great to, to travel in your car with the guys. Uh, and But I was always taking chaps out there. I was a golf club uh, manufacturer at heart. 
and I was always testing clubs. I was always talking to guys about, you know, we were always tinkering. We always uh, messed around with clubs, and, and that's kind of how I got into body track. So we're going to get to body track in just a minute, but you, you mentioned Nathaniel Crosby. Talk about your relationship yeah. with him. You guys were on the same team at Miami, right? Well, I went in, in 1976, Nathaniel came up to Montreal and played the Canadian Amateur, and there's a, uh, probably the most famous hockey voice in Canada, a guy named Dick Irwin. And I had uh, uh, done a, uh, a, a the TPGA championship when I was 18 or 17. They put me up in the booth uh, with Dick. I was his spotter. And Dick got kind of excited one time when a guy almost a hold a shot. And he said, that's the best shot we've seen all day, isn't it, Terry? And I said, yes, it was, Dick. And it was amazing. And I, I wasn't supposed to say anything because I was a spotter. Anyways, uh, Dick and I became great friends. He 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 rec- <laughs> It was just past Johnny on the spot, and uh, Dick lived in Montreal, so I'd always visit with Dick. But Nathaniel Crosby was staying with Dick, and I, Nathaniel and I played the first two rounds together, and we shot pretty much the same score. And then we played the third round together. I said, you know, you got to come down to Miami. And my coach from uh, New Hampshire, Doctor, he was my coach in Miami, but he lived in New Hampshire. He said, I said to the coach, I said, you know, Nathaniel's a good player. You ought to get him to come down uh, to DU. And he said, well, bring him out. And uh, if he wants to, if he likes it, we'll give him a scholarship. We'll work it out. And sure enough, Nathaniel came down and he got a scholarship, played well, and he ended up winning the U.S. Amateur in my junior year. Uh, great player. In my senior year, I think, actually. But uh, uh, great player, great guy, great family, and uh, amazing experience. Terry, as you mentioned, Body Track. Talk about what you're doing now and why you develop Body Track. And thanks for asking, Chris. Um, well, Body Track is the, is the world's only portable pressure mapping system that you can. It doesn't need calibration. You can put it in a sand trap. You can put it on a, uneven surfaces like a downhill or uphill lie. Um, basically, before I got involved with Fly Track, I invented inertial measuring units, those little little clips that you put on clubs. Uh, True Temper partnered up with me, and we wanted to see if we could measure angle velocities, paths, and stuff like that just by putting a little clip on the golf club. It became Sky Pro. I sold out of that. I wanted to get out of the golf business. Uh, I, I needed, I wanted to do online neurological assessments for concussions with the uh, using inertial measuring units and helmets. And I needed a material that you could put in the helmet to measure pressure. And incredibly, the material existed in Winnipeg, although I had moved to Fredericton, New Brunswick, to do a, develop, uh, a deal with uh, the Canadian government on, uh, uh, on helping young engineers uh, take their ideas and commercialize them. But I found this material back in Winnipeg, and I approached them, and they said to me, uh, I said, can we make a concussion skull cap uh, and attach an IMU to it, initial measuring unit? And measure angular velocities and, and, and forces. And they said, no, you're not from that world, but we, we know you're looking at building a, a, a golf pressure mat, which I was. And I said, how about using our material? And we became partners. And, uh, uh, you know, 10 years later, uh, about 7,500 people, pros on the, we have 7,500 instructors worldwide using body track. Uh, it measures pressure side to side heel to toe on up and down, so it's a 3D pressure mat. Uh, we integrate with people like V1, Gas Systems, uh, Flight Scope, Ernest Sport, Samput, uh, Swing Guru, uh, Strength Technology Think. It's quite profound. And uh, I was looking at the top 50 instructors before I came on here. I 
I would tell you that at least 40 of the top 50 use it, um, and the other 10 probably use some of our other pro- uh, our competitors' projects. But where the what makes Flytrack unique is that we're we're actually a, a, a medical company. We use it for acute care recovery in hospitals, spinal cord rehabilitation, gait analysis, fall prevention. And but my job was to take the material and convert it into a sports product, which is the golf product at first. Also use it for baseball, for performance training, and like I mentioned, gait analysis, which is sort of all those are kind of my areas of expertise. But uh, golf is my primary objective. And Terry, weight distribution is something we've talked more and more about on this show. Does our weight distribution need to be evenly balanced at all times? Is that what you're looking at, just to make sure we're we're staying balanced throughout our swing? Or does it change, whether we're from setup to backswing to transition to follow through? Should our weight distribution ebb and flow like the golf swing does? Well, definitely. Uh, you know, the best, the most rewarding part of my job has been working with the uh, legends, guys like Jim McClain, Claude Harmon, guys like that. You know, I mean, I could go on, John Tillery, Scotty Hamilton, Martin Schock, Jake Thurm, blah, blah, blah. But uh, wh- wh- when they got on the pressure mat, the overwhelming majority is that they can't believe how good this is. gives you real-time feedback, but it validated most of their notions. Like, the first thing we noticed on the when we went on a PGA Tour was is that the golf pros, the tour pros set up all 55, 60 on the lead side. That was a, a totally different gig than when I was learning how to play golf. Um, we, we were told to set up more on the, on the trail side. So in the, somehow in the 70s, 80s, and it switched over in the 90s and early 2000s where touring pros were starting to set up more stronger on the lead side. That was kind of unique. And the, the very first thing that we found out was is that the pressure, the center of pressure trace, move forward towards the lead side before the completion of the backswing. And that was a revelation. And that was that was something very unique that we discovered early on in around eight years ago. And 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 that that's a huge difference um between the way we were taught. Um uh, and we also found out uh, a guy uh, uh in Arkansas wrote a book called Gravity Golf and talks about counterfall. And he talks about having pressure into the trail heel, your right heel if you're right-handed golfer and your left heel if you're left-handed golfer. But your arms have a mass, about 10 12%. So if you take that 20 pounds or 25 pounds and move it towards impact, you better have more pressure in your heels to offset the forces going forward uh, towards impact. Otherwise, you'll just get into your toes. And the, the number one pressure flaw that we found in golf today is too much pressure in the toes. And the toes are the brakes, the heels are the accelerators, ankles, the shock absorbers, and the propulsion system. So if you accelerate through your toes, you're not optimal. It's like driving down the highway with one toe on the brake. Uh, you're slowing down your acceleration to the lead side. And as you know, Chris, everybody wants distance. So the formula for distance is keep it in the heel. So to that end, you know, when when we're set up and and our and our uh... We're addressing the ball. We're getting ready to take our backswing. It sounds like what you're saying is what you found is there's more weight on, and I'm a right-handed player, so for right-handed players, there's going to be more weight on my left leg than there is on my right leg. Is that Did I understand that correctly? Well, at address, at, um, you know, at, at, at P1, at address, the, the, 
the number, the, the, I look for common denominators and, you know, everybody has seen that slide of 10 guys at the top of the swing, 10 of the best players at the top of the swing, and they all look different. But what's interesting, because I've got traces of all those guys, is that their traces are all the same. They all sit up 55, 60 on the lead side, some of them a little more. Uh, at P2, P3, the uh, center of pressure begins to move forward towards the lead side well before the completion of the top of the backswing. And at P2, P3, they have 55, 60% of their pressures in their trail heel to offset the forces of the pressure moving forward towards impact. And the interesting thing about this is that the, the, in order to gain distance, you have to have a lot of vertical pressure on your lead side. Golf's an asymmetrical game played at its highest level. It's not a symmetrical sport anymore. Uh, guys don't swing, uh, you know, timidly anymore. And neither do the women. Uh, they rip it. But when you get into the toes, you know, you're, you're, you're really, um, you're not effective. And, and there's one common trace that we see over and over with all the uh, major winners. Every single Augusta winner in their irons has got a linear trace. Now it changes in their driver because they go after a little bit more and they get, they do get it a little bit into their toes. But the number one pressure flaw in golf is too much pressure in the toes during your swing. The number two pressure flaw is backing up prior to impact in your irons. I hate that for kids. It's particularly annoying because I have a young 15-year-old boy that likes to play golf a little bit. He's a soccer player, but he plays golf. And when you see them get into the toes, you know they're not optimal. And the third one is old guys like me don't get pressure to the lead side quick enough, which is the number one way to lose distance. Um, we, it's down to a science now. It really is in terms of pressure mapping. And um, it's... It, the best thing about flytrack, bar none, is that you can use ball feedback so you can replicate the proper pressure patterns. You can, you can, you can use it for practicing. And, you know, like I said, th th these are not unknown quotients anymore, but I, I think you'll find it interesting, Chris, is that I started my career in flytrack basically in, in your area. You work with guys like Jason Carbone, Ted Sheftick, Mark Sheftick, Mike Adams, James Hong, John Dunnigan, and Tom Kavecki in Boston. But basically, all the guys in the uh, New York area, Philadelphia area, Boston area, those were the early adopters, and and they gave and they were gave they were kind enough to let me travel with them, share experiences, and learn. If I get on a uh, on a body track today, uh, you know, cold, yeah. right? I mean, just n knowing nothing. If I if I got on there and wanted to see like what my numbers should be, should I? It sounded like I should be at a dress. I should be a little more on my left leg. As I go into transition, I should be a little more on my right leg and then let the momentum carry me back to my lead leg. Does that sound like the right sequence? Yes. And the, but the cool, the, the unique thing is that the transition that you're referring to, most people will think is the top of the swing, but it's not. It's when the lead arm is parallel to the ground on the way back. That's when the actual shifting of the pressure occurs for good players. Uh, and that's you know, you may have heard, well, I know you have, uh, the expression hanging back, uh, that, that's right. really where, you know, so when people don't get the pressure to the lead side early, in an, when the lead arm is parallel to the ground on the way back, that's, that's called P3 for those who may not be familiar with that, uh, that terminology, that's position number three. And when the lead arm is parallel to the ground on the way back, that's in a good player, the pressure is already moving forward. Now, when the, uh, I'm sure everybody's sort of, uh, uh, 
heard about vertical pressures, or most of us have heard of it now. But at T5, when the lead arm is parallel to the ground on the way down, that's max vertical pressure on the lead side, and that's when that's really where the square shoes come into play so well. Not to not to speed you up, but I mean that's that's something that we learned very effectively. So let's go down that path because I know you're also working with our friends over at Squares Golf. Talk about your involvement with them and how the square shoe comes into play to help us use the ground. Because one of the things uh, Bob Wiskowitz, when he came on a few weeks ago, we talk about building distance from the ground up. Talk about how that has that impact and what those shoes can do for us. Well, first of all, uh, Bob's an amazing guy. He reached out to me about uh, about 150, 130 days ago and said, started talking to me. It was like two peas in a pod talking about shoes. I mean, we had done, a, a, the body track had done the, uh, uh, the food choice shoe fitting system, which I initiated. So I, I, I've been obsessed with trying to convince manufacturers to build specific types of shoes. It, it's always been to me where the, the trail side is a different job than the lead side, so I've never understood completely why all the shoes are made exactly the same left and right. But Bob approached me and said, you know, we, 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 we want objective data in, in shoe fitting. Uh, how would you go about doing that? And we, and we talked about it and we listed all the metrics that, 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 that I could capture. And he said, well, look, I'll send you a couple pairs of shoes and, uh, try them out and see what your thoughts are. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to try anything on it. I want, I want, I want to see the results from, uh, actual golfers that are playing all the time. So we put them on some guys and they all gained distance. And I was surprised because, I mean, I heard about their distance claims, but uh, usually distance claims are not proven and not valid. So I got back to Bob. I said, well, we tested them with several people, and we did see distance gains. And um, you want let's, what's next? They said, well, let's do uh, – can you do an independent testing for, uh, test for us? Well, that's what we do. So um, with the square toes, you know, it's interesting. A guy named Alex J. Morrison wrote a book in the 30s called Centrifugal Golf. And there's a picture that he took uh, with an x-ray with the guy's toes curled up. Uh, basically way up and if you talk to uh if you had a chance to talk to sam Sneed, he would tell you that when he was playing poorly he would curl his toes up so and 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 what's interesting about that is is round shoes they basically curl they, they, they with pointy tips it curls your toes down and that creates tension in your foot when there's when your tension is when there's tension in your foot there's no freedom the the ankles can't work properly the, they can't be effective as, as shock absorbers and propulsion systems. So right off the get-go, square shoes had me fascinated. And we started looking for center of pressure, uh, how, they, how the shoes affected center of pressure, um, how it affected the center of mass while you were playing golf, how it affected the range of motion, how it changed the path. And we found that the square shoes had one really interesting a whole bunch of different metrics that it improved, but one thing really stood out. It really stabilized the trail side. You know, if you get pressure to the outside of your trail foot there, Chris, it's very difficult to recover. And the square shoes really stabilized that pressure, and we noticed that the center of pressure was more towards the heel, and the game is played between the laces, you know, between the, the ball of your foot and your, and your ankle. That's really where the game is played and played properly. And what we also noticed was, is that 
the the square shoes because they had a the, the most contact surface area between the toe and the ankle. They really they really e- effectively created the biggest break on the lead side. Now, if you got two highway two cars going down the highway at sixty miles an hour, one stops suddenly, the other one goes rapidly past it. Well, the one that goes rapidly past it, think of that as your hand, and the car that stops suddenly is the brake on your left foot, if your lead foot, if you're a right-handed golfer, is your left foot. So when you brake hard on your lead side, that allows the hand to go rapidly past, accelerate rapidly past it, and that's exactly what we saw with the square shoes. We can get into more detail if you want, but in a nutshell, we yeah. greater vertical forces. Uh, you know, we saw much more stability on the uh, trail side during the backswing. We saw the pressure speed up to the lead side. We can measure, we actually measure how fast pressure moves on body track. And we measured in centimeters per second. We saw an average of 18% increase in speed laterally towards the lead side with our test group of about 200 golfers over a 100-day period. And we saw an average uh, distance gain of eight yards uh, in handicapped golfers between 18 and pro, but we saw uh, significant gains like 20 to 24 yards uh, with novice golfers with a lot of instability. So we we didn't include that in our averages because um, some of it was hard to, you know, even even I had a hard time believing it. But the more unstable the golfer was, the greater the improvement in distance gain, and it was significant. So. We got back to Bob, reported the data, and, you know, we started comparing against all the shoes they wanted us to compare to, and overwhelmingly, we were impressed. Essentially, what that means is we're getting higher swing speeds, which then transitions to higher ball speeds, which gets us that extra yardage, right? The stability allows us to kind of crank it up a little bit, so then we get the extra yardage. Is that right? That's correct, Chris. We... we we of course uh, we use uh, you know flight scope or inner sports to measure the distance yardage, the ball speed, clubhead speed, the smash factor. Uh, we used our 3D systems to measure range of motion in the shoulders and hips, and we use body track to measure the, uh, the the trace, the total amount of sway, and the lateral and heel toe speed and the vertical forces. But to your point, we used uh, it was distance, ball speed, clubhead speed, and smash factor. Those are the four common metrics that everybody can measure. But we also measured some unique things, which we call uh, the break, uh, the break effect, which is how hard does the golfer actually press down on the lead side prior to impact? Because that's the full ball game right there, Chris. If you don't break on your lead side, imagine, you know, when you, we've all heard the expression when you slid through the ball, you don't really hit it very far. It's that breaking power that gives you the maximum hand speed possible, and that is really uh, where square shoes really uh, just the stability in the, in the boot really made a huge difference. And stability on the trail side allowed the pressure to get to the lead side very quickly. And we know for sure, without doubt, without equivocable, that the greatest golfers that hit the ball the furthest get pressure to the lead side the quickest. And that's just that end game right there. And Terry, you mentioned a few moments ago how with, with the shoes and, and um, interacting with the ankle and the stability of the ankle and allowing it to move around and that sort of thing, 
One of the things Bob talked about is how if you've got a golf shoe that you can twist in your hand, you, you might as well throw it out because you lose so much in just that, uh, you know, sponginess and twistability. And Squares golf shoes are more stable. So to your point, and I want to make sure I understood this correctly as well, having freedom in your ankles to kind of move around a little bit, but having your feet stable on the ground, if you don't have that, you're shot before you even start to take the, the club head back, correct? Uh, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, my pet peeve when guys come in, I, like, I'm a bit of a, uh, anomaly. Although I develop technology, uh, and I create, I help build products, I'm still, I still teach, I still have two golf academies where I live in PEI, Canada. Uh, because I want to stay current and make sure that, uh, I understand what's relevant in the market. So I can talk that language because I'm still, still teaching. Um, but when we see kids come in and running shoes, I just about, you know, lose it. I just about toss my cookies because, you know, I just throw them into a pair of square shoes just right off the get go. Uh, and when there's no stability on that trail side, the pressure gets outside and we use research grade software to actually measure the PSI per inch load cell. So we see the pressure getting on the outside of your trail foot, your right foot if you're a right-handed golfer. And there's so much pressure on the outside of the trail foot, they just can't get to the lead side quick enough. And and you may remember I said earlier that getting pressure to the lead side early is the key, is one of the key factors in hitting the ball far. And that stability that the square shoes generates and creates allows that stability to be actually uh, turned and converted into distance gain by getting pressure to the lead side very soon. Uh, it, it's a brilliant design. It, 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 and, you know, I, I, I want to add something to this. The one thing I'm always obsessed with is gait, uh, because as I get older, I, I, we, we work in fall prevention and gait analysis for performance. My son's a soccer player. We, we want to understand how gait uh, affects your performance. And so we did gate tests with people walking in the square shoes and for close speeds, you know, two miles an hour to 2.5 on incline uh, between zero and 10 degrees. And, you know, similarly golf courses and we perturbed the shoes by putting balls, little round balls in the bottom of them. And we did this in comparison to other golf shoes and bar, and bar none, the reduction in the sway during your walk was overwhelming. So you're burning less energy and you're going to be more effective and more, uh, uh and have a lot more energy for the shot, which at the highest level is critical because you do have to walk at the highest level. And because of COVID, more and more people are walking and walking on the golf course. So to me, not only do they work on for getting you more distance, but they'll help you walking too uh, uh, by having less sway and burning less energy while you walk. To me, that's an overlooked factor. Terry, one more before I let you go. And I want to get back to your career. Like I mentioned in your intro, you were inducted into the Manitoba Golf Hall of Fame in 2010. Had to be a huge honor for you. What was it like being recognized like that in your home province? It was good. And I appreciate you asking that, Chris. It was, um, um, uh, I thought I was overdue. <laughs> Just kidding. But the, uh, it was exciting. My son was there and he was only a little boy. I think he was five. Uh, I got him on stage and, uh, you know, we had some great golfers, uh, come out of Canada. Uh, you know, um, George Newton was from Winnipeg. Robbie McMillan won the Canadian, won the, uh, uh, world junior twice. Uh, you know, he's from Manitoba. He was inducted at the same time with me. 
and uh, we were there together. It was a great experience, and I'm so blessed with what golf has been able to do for me. I'll never forget my time down in Miami. I feel like I'm, I've lived a third of my life in the States, and uh, all everybody in the U.S. has been so good to us. Uh, I really feel blessed uh, to know. I, I, I'm overwhelmed that I can be on your show. I'm just a little kid from Winnipeg, old man now, but uh, golf has been good to me. Um, uh, golf has been, it wouldn't have, if it wasn't for golf, I wouldn't have been able to get to meet people like you, and, and I, I'm very fortunate. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Terry. I'm very blessed to have you as part of the show tonight. Let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media? I appreciate that. Bodytrackgolf.com, B-O-D-I-T-R-A-K, B-O-D-I-T-R-A-K, golf.com. And we are on all the social medias. And if you follow me on Facebook, I do the longer post, Hashimoto. And, you know, I, just to everybody out there, um, thank you for allowing me to, to burn your ear tonight. And, Chris, thanks for allowing me to be on your show. And, uh, we, and, and to Bob, you know, thanks for letting us do the test for you, uh, for them. It, it's a real honor and pleasure. And uh, Tom Patry at the top of the show wanted me to pass along his best to you. He he certainly sung your praises uh, when we when we kicked off the show. So I know he's excited and listening tonight. So uh, I wanted to make sure. You knew uh, how much TP appre- uh, appreciates you, and I appreciate TP. He's a great guy. He's, we've had a lot of fun together. And uh, Chris, I hope that if you get a chance to come up to Canada when we can, come see us. We'll you'll be my guest at my house, and uh, we'll play some golf, hit some balls, drink some Canadian beer. I appreciate that very much, Terry. Take care, my friend. Thanks for being a part of the show. I hope we get the privilege of having you back on again sometime. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. Bye-bye, everybody. See you, Terry. That's the great Terry Hashimoto. And I tell you, folks, uh, bodytrackgolf.com is the website. The things that Terry uh, and his partners are doing are outstanding, helping us learn a little bit more about the transition and the weight distribution in our golf swings. And then you marry that up to, to the Squares Golf Shoes. And you've heard me singing those praises now for for uh, several weeks. And I've got uh, I've got those shoes. And, folks, as always, I would never promote something that I didn't think was great. And those shoes have helped me pick up distance and stability in my golf swing. What it has allowed me to do and what Terry pointed out is I'm much more stable on the ground. I've got better traction and more stability in my golf swing. So I swing it faster. And that, you know, equates to ball speed, which equates to distance. So I can't uh, thank Terry enough for coming and being a part of the show and Bob for being a partner on the show, and uh, I want to tell you about, you know, Squares Golf, folks. No joke. You need to go out there and try these shoes. S-Q-A-I-R-Z is Squares. Squaresgolf.com. Uh, fantastic stuff, folks. I hope you go out and get yourself a pair of them because they're going to improve your golf swing, and they're going to improve your stability and really, you know, kind of sort of the overall health of, of, of your body because, again, when you have stability and you're not sort of getting outside your, your, your heels and what, uh, uh, what Terry was talking about, you're not getting on the balls and your ankles are going this way and that and all that sort of stuff. It, you feel better when you, when you're playing the game as well. It helps to have a, a healthier gait as Terry talked about, a healthier walk and you're going to feel better and you're going to hit it further. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out to Tom Patrick, Jane Geddes. And Terry Hashimoto for joining me tonight. 
Please check out our website, folks, nextonthetea.net. On there, you're going to be able to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. And speaking of which, next week, scheduled to join me are 2010 LPGA National Teacher of the Year, Cindy Miller. You heard uh, Terry and I talking about Cindy. Cindy's a great friend of the show. Excited to have her back with me. The first female commissioner of the PGA of America, Susie Whaley, is going to be here, as will Brandon Stukesbury. And Brandon is the director of instruction at Idle Hour Club down in Macon, Georgia. He just released his second book, simply titled The Putter Book. So obviously we'll be talking putting. His first book was an Amazon bestseller with another similar simple title, The Wedge Book. So we'll talk about short game and putting. Uh, looking forward to having Brandon on the show as well. Folks, you can stream the show as a podcast on a number of great sites and apps like podcast.co, our great friends there, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audioboom, Player.fm, Odyssey. Look, if you've got a favorite uh, podcasting app, we're probably on it. Just to uh, go up to the search bar and type in next on the T, you're probably going to find us on there. And folks, if you enjoy the show, please do me a favor and go online to podcastmagazine.com and vote for their show and their Hot 50 list. If you click on Hot 50, which you're going to see right at the top of their homepage, you're going to get a drop-down menu from there, and that includes Hot 50 voting. Click on that, and then just type in the name of the show and my name, Chris Mascaro. I'd really appreciate your support. Folks, thanks again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I really appreciate the fact that you continue to make us a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.